Hey, welcome to Older, Younger, Younger, Older with Jason and Dave. We love having you back. We're excited for another show where we get to talk about things that people usually don't talk about. That way we can open up conversations, apply scripture to it, and really challenge each other. And Dave, as an old geezer, I mean older person, yeah. um, oh, you know, he, he kind of oh, adds the, the older oh, generational sort of perspective. Me. Excuse me. You're excused. Excuse me. Hey, you know, why don't people have these discussions that we have? I think people are afraid of the maybe political correctness sometimes or maybe offending somebody. I mean, we've become a very PC culture. Yes, we have. And we're, we're afraid to talk about things that might actually challenge somebody's belief system. You're right. And, and challenging somebody's belief system doesn't challenge their personhood, does it? I mean, do I think less of you if you don't know something that I know? No. So whether you be a car mechanic, you're a car mechanic, and a five-year-old comes and asks you a question, is that five-year-old dumb? No, he's just five years old. Right, they don't know. Right. And it, it, so sometimes there's, there's a little bit that somebody's a little older than you that might know something. It does not in any way, shape, or form make them smarter than you. Right, and it's not like you're trying to impose it on me. No. You're just trying to have a discussion, which is what we're trying to do here today. And there's some things that we may agree on, and there's some things that we may disagree on. Exactly. But it's important to have that discussion. Right. regardless right. of where you land, without throwing darts at each other. Although throwing a dart at you might be fun in my younger day. In my older day, I wouldn't do it. As long as it was like a... A rubber-tipped one. Foam yeah. nerf dart. Nerf Don't dart. try that at home. You need to be a professional. Yes, yes. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, we don't want any phone calls. <laughs> Did I actually say that? Okay, go ahead. Uh, anyways, so anyways, I want, I want to share something with you that I, that I saw on the interwebs on, as I was cru cruising social media. Uh, one of my peers posted a, a video on Facebook and, uh, and kind of affiliated, you know, with this video. And it's a video that was written by, like, the millennial generation, mm -hmm. and they're called Millennial Travelers. And I'd never heard of such a term, so it kind of drew me in, and I watched it. It's a three-minute video. And it was how the, the younger generation, the, you know, my generation, essentially, because I'm a millennial, um, loves to travel. And so it was kind of this explanation of their lifestyle as millennial travelers. Uh, essentially apologizing to your old generation, Dave, about the way that they are and their tendencies. And I thought it was I thought it was very interesting, and I shared it with you, Dave. And I just yeah. want to get your you know if you, if you're listening to this show, just Google you know millennial traveler video, yeah. and I'm sure you'll come up with it. But Dave, what what were your initial thoughts on it? My initial thoughts were I've never seen a more self-centered generation in my entire life, and I know that sounds terrible, and you're already on edge. But it, when you think about what's said in that video. It basically is saying, it, first of all, the video is totally sarcastic. Uh, did you pick that up? I thought he was trying to be sincere. Yeah, sincere, I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Go back and look at it again. I'll have to rewatch I, I think, it. I, I mean to say, sorry, older generation. You guys. Okay, there was a little bit of sarcasm. Yeah, a little bit of sarcasm <laughs> in there. Sorry, you old folks. You know what you did, you old Here's what I heard. You mind if I tell you what I heard? Yeah, please. Okay, please. It, here's what I heard. Sorry, old people. You wasted your lives providing for us. We want to use your resources to play. That's what I heard. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, you, who doesn't want to? You, what, what you want to do is be on perpetual vacation, and you need resources to do it, so you want to keep tapping into other people's money. Right. You know, and an interesting thing that I saw, you know, is that, that they tried to address some of these issues. You know, kind of almost they anticipated some of your objections to this traveling lifestyle. You know, so for instance, they mentioned work and how you're used to maybe working in a cubicle, quote unquote. Um, and as millennials, it's like, well, we could do the same thing, but do it maybe on a beach somewhere or some exotic location and still get it done on time. Yep. You know, 
Um, uh, can I throw something by you on that? I would love you to. Um, when you're on a beach and you like get in a boat to go out, <laughs> yeah. who made the boat? Uh, I don't know. Where are those millennials that are lining up to make boats? That's true. You want to use boats that somebody else made? Yeah. You want to use boats because you don't want to work in a factory? You want to sit on a beach and make a boat while you're looking at, at the, the sand and, and looking for sand dollars? I mean, honestly. Well, and, and, and even coming from my perspective, and I realize that I you know, do at sometimes have millennial tendencies, but there were some things about this video that kind of even caught me by surprise as a fellow millennial. But I know that when I'm on a beach somewhere, the last thing that I want to think about it necessarily is something else other than enjoying the beach. Yeah. Now, there's, there's, there's a cer- there are certain rules, if you want to call it, of productivity. Yep, productivity. Oh, yep, productivity. If you want to be productive, and that's what they were talking about in the video, you know, we'll be productive or fire us. Sure. I'll fire you first. Right. If you tell me you want to go sit on a beach and do all your work, I, I, you're not going to work for me. Yeah. But, and, and the only reason is because you can't be productive on the beach. And I know they'll come back, oh, yes, we can. No, you can't. Do, we, do, do you realize how easy it is to lie to yourself about what you do? I think, I think it's relatively easy. It, it really is. I mean, any study that you want to look at, if you would start to log the hours you put into a project, yeah. you start being more productive. Right. Because you start to see how many hours you put into the project. Right. When I started to trace the calories that I was eating, uh, yes. I lost weight. Right. Why? I mean, why didn't I lose weight before I did that? Because you didn't realize. You know what I would have told you? I'm always hungry. I don't eat that much. Mm. That's what I would have told you. Sure. And I honestly believed it. So would I, would I have been lying to you? Uh, indirectly, yeah. You indirectly, I would, but not really. I mean, it's not like... Not really, yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this. In order to lie, does it have to be intentional? No. No, it doesn't, but it could be, if you lie out of ignorance, I think that's something else. I mean, That's true, but it, it does, have, yeah, I suppose. Like, even white lies, those are intentional. Yeah, white lies would be intentional. If you're trying to manipulate somebody, right? but if you were to come to me honestly before I, I kept track of my calories, if you were to come to me and say, Dave, you know, you eat too much, I would go, I really don't. Right. Now, I really would believe that, Jason. Yeah. I mean, I really would. Right. So then I got this silly Apple Watch, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, do tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very helpful. It it does all kinds of things for you. <laughs> I'm sure it's helpful. Yeah. And, I would and love to have one. Like it tracks it tracks things. And and so now I got my little Apple phone and my little Apple phone my little Apple watch. Because I am such a hep old guy that it's amazing. Hep. Hep. <laughs> yeah. Is that the right word? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I okay, can't well say here we go. In I'll, my I'll, realm I've never heard of hep. Well, Let's let's coin it. I'm Hep. Okay. Uh, whatever that. Hep. And and if anyone's know what that means, it means really cool, really okay. cool guy. So really I, cool. I'm a Hep old guy. Okay. And and w- so I'm keeping track now of the calories that I'm eating. No, I I am looking at that going. Are you kidding me? That much little cheese has that many calories in it. What I did is I altered my diet according to the truth. Wow. And your your watch tells you this. Well, my watch. Your, is, no, my did watch you just tells. Say watch. How much no. cheese can I eat? No, the watch please. was the cheese me please. Yeah, no, the watch was more the um, motivation <laughs> to because you were something. the generation that ate cheese out of a can. Oh, I know, man. We liked it. Cheese whiz. I know. We invented cheese whiz. You're welcome. I don't. We also invented. I don't know if I we also invented Twinkies and Peeps. <laughs> 
yourself. Enjoy yourself. I, uh, however, not everything that we invented is actually good for you. <laughs> We're realizing that finally. Yeah, yeah, maybe you should eat broccoli once in a while. But the bottom line really is because I tracked it honestly, right. I could deal with it honestly. Right. Here's what I honestly think about that video talking about I'm going to work and I'm going to be productive on a beach. I think you're lying to yourself. And I think anybody that has experience sitting on a beach is going to start daydreaming about all kinds of things. Right. It's really hard to get a really good internet connection in the middle of nowhere on a beach. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. it's hard to, to do your work on a beach. Not only that, there are so many jobs. Would a millennial today think that working at a factory is a good job? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some might, some might not. But, right. you know, I'm really glad that somebody did and put together a car for me. Right. I'm really glad that there's people that are out there that feel like they are benefiting uh, personally mm-hmm. and, but, and, and helping our culture by working in factories and welding and, and doing things that are manual labor so that we could enjoy them. Yeah. What I get from this video is all of you people that spent your life in cubicles and doing that kind of thing wasted your life because we know better and we're going to be out playing with everything you made. That's what I got out of that video. Yeah. And, and tell me if I'm wrong, but that's what I got. No, and, and I did see that tone at times, you know, because the, the thing, you know, that I saw, you know, I'm, I'm technically a millennial, but I also ha- I'm also married. I own a home and I have two children, two boys and one on the way. And so thing, what did that video say about those so, things? Well, and that was the thing is there was a part in the video where it says, you know, we're not into, I think it referenced, you know, we're not buying into buying a mortgage. You know, we don't want the responsibilities of having a family, even though that that's not bad. You know, we just, you know, don't want it. To, Good. It's almost as if they were saying tie us down. And I'm like, man, I'm, yeah. I feel like the people behind the video were missing the value in these things where <laughs> they think that that the ultimate end to the satisfaction was to be able to enjoy it themselves rather than have that shared experience, you know? And, and that's where I start to question the, the worldview behind it, you know, because I realized that, you know, the person that made this video um, may have not have been a Jesus follower, you know, and I understand yep. that. Um, but the person that, that I might have seen uh, share this, I know was, and so it makes me question some of the, the core values behind it, because I, you know, as you read Scripture, everything that we do, we, as Jesus followers, we want to try to apply Scripture to it, and this is where the red flags go up. You know, what are the values that we see in Scripture versus the value system that we saw in this video? And this is where I start questioning my fellow millennials' thought process here, right. because traveling in and of itself, I don't think is bad. No. You know, and, and doing it, you know, even as a 18 year old that that does you know gap years are fairly popular yep. studying abroad is very popular and I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I don't think traveling's anything wrong with that but as soon as you make a correlation where you say you try to justify your own reasonings for traveling and and doing life and experience without family without relationships without any of the pain or maybe um, just downside of those things you know, that go along with it because they reference that in the video. Like, you know, if you have a family, then you're tied down. If you have a mortgage then you're, you're stuck to that, you know, they kind of highlighted some of the the negative aspects of it without realizing the full joy of it. But I think it it brings the light, the truth that I think we need to bring into this discussion as having a Jesus following worldview, a Christian worldview, how that should make us think differently and challenge ourselves. Because just like you said about eating and food, a lot of times in order for us to speak truth into our own lives, we need to realize what is true, 
Absolutely. And so, and so going, going down that path, Dave, you know, from your perspective, you know, I have some things I want to say, but I want, I'm curious to see what the older generation perspective is about some of the things. That I, I think some old have people want to go buy new buildings because the young people don't want to ever own them and we'll have them as our slaves for the rest of our lives paying us so that they could have rent. I mean, yeah. th- that's what happens. Right. Because somebody's going to have to take care of the houses. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to have to pay for things. And there's people out there that are older that are saying, this is a great advantage for me because you don't want to own anything. So I'll buy apartment buildings, even in our small town that we live by. How many apartments are going up? Oh, there's loads. Why aren't there houses going up? Well, there's, there's houses that are just falling apart. That nobody wants. And they don't want to take care of. They want somebody else to take care of them. What I'm finding very interesting is the amount of people that do not want to have any responsibility. And in that, the people that do want responsibility are cleaning up financially, responsibility-wise, and other ways yeah. because they're out there. And the Bible makes it clear, I think. When you look through the Bible, it says, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. This isn't about always entertaining yourself. Right. Believe it or not, we work the land. We work. That's what God made us to do. And your bodies are made to work. Yeah. You, you work, you get stronger. And, and what happens is we have a whole generation now that has to figure out ways to work so their bodies stay strong. Right. Where years ago they used to work and their bodies would stay strong. Right. And Dave, I, I feel like we're, we're hitting a couple of common themes here. You know, we've both said responsibility quite a bit, and I want to dive into that more. And we even mentioned value system. And I think for us to understand even the difference between your generation's, you know, responsibility and value system and even the millennial and the current generation, I think that's something that we need to dive into because I think there's a lot more similarities than there are differences. And so we're going to jump back into that when we come back here on Younger Older. Hey, welcome back to Younger Older with Jason and Dave. We've been talking about millennial travelers for the past uh, few minutes here and and just talking about how to kind of comprehend this because, Dave, I'm a millennial. You're uh, an older generation. Um, Uh, No, 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 none of that. I'm only joking. joking. I I am an old uh, hep guy. That's right, old hep guy, quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. And I say that in all love. I don't. If, if you're a listener out there and you're part of I'm the baby old. booner generation, I have all love and respect uh, for you guys. You Dave and I are just uh, messing with each other here. Um, but we've been talking about this, and we've been talking about some of, some of the, the statements that come out of millennial travelers, those that just want to experience the world and travel, um, kind of downsizing the responsibility of life, wanting to go out and, and just travel and do life and enjoy that. And we've kind of been dissecting that a little bit, looking at some of the, the responsibility downfalls behind that, some of the value system downfalls behind that. And we've been wanting to try to um, apply that to Scripture. And so one of the things that I want to uh, kind of bring our, our thoughts back to is as we look at these millennial travelers, you know, one of the, the things that was never mentioned in the video that, that, that we watched was the cost. Right. Of, of traveling. Now, now I have a family, and so I have, it's my wife and two sons at the moment. And, and it's not like, we go any, like we've gone to Florida. We drove down there, and, and it's, we do it as cheaply as we can. 
Um, it, that, that's not saying that I'm in like you know Barbados right. or or you right, know, just a, a place. And you have relatives that right. help you even as far right, as yeah. Costco's. And know. yeah, and, and all that. So there's there's ways to make it cheaper. But looking at at some of the the places and websites that are out there that offer this kind of home base for millennial traveling, like it's it's relatively expensive. It is. You know, I was looking at one website and for four months, just four months, I think it's something like sixteen grand. Yeah. Just to travel. I mean, obviously, you got airfare, which isn't cheap. You got, you know, even if you stay in hostels or camp or hike, backpack, whatever it is that you do, there's still food costs. There's still everything. And no. so the, the thing, that as, as somebody who, like I have a, you know, I work at Silver Tranch, and it's not like I make a ton of money. You know, I, I have enough to, to, to do what I need yep. to do, and, and I've been blessed for it. But I look at that, I'm like, how in the world does somebody afford that? You know, and they might say, well, you own a home and you have a house and all that, but still... You know, and then it dawned on me, and and Dave, you might have seen this already, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dub it the GoFundMe phenomenon. Yes, sir. Hey, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah. Yep. You know where somebody else needs to fund me. That's right, and and it's for everything, not yep. just traveling. Yep. You know, if you want to buy a dog, hey, help me buy a dog. You know, or if you want to buy a car, hey, help me buy my first car. Yeah. You know, whereas like, what? How do you react as an older generation? What do you do when you see something? I think like it's that? goofy. I mean, I honestly think it's goofy. I look at it and I go, "Go fund me." What are you? This is the the modern panhandler, right? You know, when I grew up in Chicago, there were people who would hit you in the street when you're walking down the street, saying, "Hey, man, you got a dime?" Hey, basically, that's what the GoFundMe is. Got a dime? Right. I I I need your dime. Right. And I would challenge you go look at how much of that goes to the GoFundMe people. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, if if I were to give you a dollar, I don't know how much of it you'd actually get. I want to say it's six or seven percent goes to goes yeah. The yeah. Website, so a lot of it goes away right out. away. So you're not getting the whole thing. If I actually want to give you money, Jason, I'd rather hand it to you. Right. I don't want to go through a GoFundMe page. Right. And and really, if I give you money, it's going to be for a purpose. It yeah. isn't going to be because you want to you know buy a dog. Right. It, it might be you and I are friends. So if you really said I needed a dog and I, and you're talking to me and and my wife and I had money and we wanted to help you we could i mean that's our prerogative right but but it's not something i would be a, feel compelled to do right because you decided i don't want to pay for a dog really what i'd be more likely to say is well why don't you quit eating so high off the hog and go save some money and buy your own dog you saying i'm husky uh no i you no <laughs> <laughs> but, but quit eating so high off the hog you, you know you, it's, it's a very interesting phenomenon other people's money other right. people's money when i grew up uh, and I was young and I was just looking at different things and taking courses. We used to take courses on using other people's money. But, but it was a whole different definition. Yeah. If other people's money would be uh, equivalent to I'm going to a bank and get a loan, a mortgage for a house. Right. That's other people's money. Why? I can't come up with $100,000 or whatever it was, $30,000 in my day. I couldn't come up with that kind of money, so I need to borrow it and pay it back over 30 years. And over 30 years, the bank is going to be very glad that I borrowed the money because I'm paying them back with interest, and they'll be fine. Yeah. That's using other people's money. Right, right. And so whether it be a startup business or whether it be something, you know, using other people's money. Right. The church, when you get something from a church, that's not using other people's money. The church is, is to use their resources to help those who are needy. Right. You don't, you don't need to pay them back in a church way. I mean, you're helping somebody who's needy. That's the definition. Right. So the, the problem is we have people portraying that they're needy when they're not. Right. So that the church, it fits their category, and they don't want to pay them back. Right. So they're portraying, I want to go on a mission trip. I remember a young man 
in your generation came to me once and wanted money for a mission trip. And I said, how much are you contributing? Mm. Yeah. He said, well, nothing. I said, well, then don't ask me either. Right. And he looked at me like I was his enemy. Hmm. Later, he wrote me and said, you know what? I appreciate that because I gave him advice. I said, why don't you go out and work really hard? Why don't you get a second job yeah. and go out and work and then use the money that you make towards this trip and let me know how much you actually are putting towards it yourself. Right. And, and later, he, he wrote me and said, you know what? That was great advice. He went and got a second job. He was doing that. And I helped. I contributed at that point right? because he was going on a mission trip. And I thought, you know what? It's not that you're just taking the easy way out and saying there's somebody that has some money. I'm going to hit them up so I don't have to work hard and I don't have to be responsible. Right. But honestly, Jason. Well, it's, it's that whole investment sort of thing. It you is. Know, because, you know, we all admit it's easier to spend somebody else's money when it's not our own. It is. You know, that's just the, the way it is. But it, when it comes to giving and, and all that, like there, there are certain things that I think it, it comes down to what, what's the investment? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm speaking even to and I realize this, that there are things that are noble to give to. You talk about mission trips. I was a missionary in Ireland for four years. And so, you know, I was 100 percent support raised, meaning that every every dime that I, I, I had to live on, I had to, you know, to. But the raise, investment you know. was there. Right. And that's what I want to get at because there's a biblical principle, I think, that we're kind of skirting around that I want to hit right on the button that, that even Jesus talks about. And, and there's this, this, this story in Luke that actually talks about it. And I, I want to read part of the passage to you because I think this helps us apply not only to, to giving and, and this giving culture, but also even as we look at the, the value system behind things like world travelers or things like that. And so this is in Luke. This is the parable of the rich landowner. This is in Luke chapter 12, verse 13. I'm just going to read a few verses. So if you have your Bibles or just listen in. Now, someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So this is, to give you the context, this is, you know, a family. The father's died. There's this inheritance that's left. Two brothers, you know, kind of fighting over it. You know, what do I get? You know, give it to me. So verse 14, but he said to him, man, man who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you. And he said to them, watch out and guard yourselves from all greediness, because not even when someone has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told a parable to them, saying, the land of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he reasoned to himself, saying, what should I do? For I do not have anywhere I can gather in my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. I will gather in there all my grain and possessions, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many possessions stored up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, celebrate. Which which is kind of mentality that we see, you know, whether it's these world travelers, whether it's, you know, us confusing our needs and wants when it comes to throwing up a GoFundMe. And, and what's, the, what's the, the principle here? What, what does that God say? And this, this, here's where the ball drops. Verse 20, it says, But God said to him, Fool, yep. this night your life is demanded from you, and the things which you have prepared, whose will they be? So this is the one who stores up treasures for, himse- for himself and who is not rich towards God. Oh, yeah. You know, what, what do you think about that, Dave? You know what? Th- this is an intergenerational, timeless passage, and all the principles of the Bible are. I mean, it it doesn't matter what generation you're part of. Bottom line is my generation is living for their retirement. They're living for the day where they can take all their resources and use them for themselves and not answer to anybody and not not do anything except for what they want to do that day. Right. I think that's terrible. I honestly do. Now, I think people need to retire because they can't function anymore. They can't do that job anymore. I understand that. But to look forward to a time where you could be self-indulgent, self-indulgent with yeah. your resources, I think is a sin. Right. Now, 
That's this, a bold statement. It, it is. It is. But I, I, and I'm in that generation that, you know, I have a yeah. lot of people that talk to me around my age saying, yeah, I'm counting the days until nobody's my boss anymore. And I can just live the way I want. And I can do what I want. Yeah. And I can say what I want. And I can be, and I'm thinking, whoa, you know what? You're looking at the day where you can be self-indulgent. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. I think we should all position ourselves. If you're older and listening to me, go find somewhere where you can put in 40 hours a week for nothing if you got money to do that. Right. Go, go give yourself away because you're able to right. in that sense. And I think that would be a good use of your time. You're skilled in something. So is it wrong for me to spend money on myself? No. I think God has, I mean, he wanted people to have the promised land. If you go back yeah. in the Old Testament, he wanted them to have a land that had flowing with milk and honey, that kind of thing. And, and yet, at the same point, you don't live for the milk and honey, and you don't live to be independent of God, and you don't live to be independent of, of anybody, really. Right. I'm a servant to all men, mm. so, so that a few might understand who God is. I mean, I need to use my resources well. Talk about you going to, to Ireland. If I'm going to support you in Ireland, yeah. it's because there's an investment opportunity right. for the kingdom work. Two right. things I'm looking for if you go. Number one, I want to see that you personally have been drawn to God and are a better person and a better man because you went to another place, to a foreign country, and spent your time on your knees looking for God to use you to change the culture that you were sent to. Right. Secondly, I am looking for an effect in the culture right. of some sort. Right. And I've seen that. I mean, here at camp, there have been people who come over from Ireland that you have had personal responsibility as far as uh, relationships with right. that is, it's affected their lives. Absolutely. So there has been fruit there. So I can say that anybody that supported Jason while he was in Ireland, that was an investment that was well spent. Right. But at Silver Birch Ranch and other ministries, I think we have a responsibility to look at when people give us donations, we need to be responsible with them. Right. We need to somehow use them as an investment right. in lives of people and not as self-indulgent things that we use. You know, I mean, we can't do that. Right. So I really think, and we're, we're going to need to continue this in another program, I think, because I think there's a bigger issue here that nobody wants to talk about. And what's that issue? I think the issue is that we, we will not define greed in our country. We right. will not do it. Because if we define it, then there's a standard by which we have to live. Right. And I think we're afraid to because there's so many things that, that we naturally do that's for ourselves. You yeah, know, even either myself, generation, either, either generation. Either I mean, this either. video is talking about I want your money to spend for me. Right. My generation is saying, why should I give you money? I should spend it on me. Right. And that alone is a challenge. Yeah, I'm, I'm you just know, saying. Because, absolutely. As happy as I am. Because we all <laughs> we all have those tendencies to be like, where do we draw the line? Right. You know, I have my wants. You know, even even myself. You know, I have a family. I have a home. You know, you watch a show like Fixer Upper. It's like, man, I want that. You know, I want to do my house like that. I want to have that in my house. You know, whatever it is. Or for my kids, I want to get them that toy. Or, you know, whatever it is. Not that those things are wrong. But one thing as Jesus followers that we need to keep in mind is the kingdom perspective. You know, is where is the investment? You know, and that's why even as even as my wife and myself try to do things, it's all about how can we use this for for. for Where's the investment? Where's it going? Is it just for ourselves? You know, not saying that it's wrong for us to go on vacation, not saying it's wrong to go, you know. For but we that. have to talk about but that if, practically. How do you do that? Right. And I think that's that's a great thing to go. We don't have, we're running out of time in this episode, so we're going to have to address it again. But yeah. those, that's where the rubber meets the road, because I think we need to 
more actively take what we see in Scripture and apply it to our lives rather than separating and segregating, saying, you know, coming up with a list of these reasons of, well, I understand there's a responsibility there, but that's not where I'm at, and this is still viable, you know, and then just running with it. Because just like you said at the top of the show, Dave, when it comes to it, is that we lie to ourselves the most. And we even see that in Scripture. The heart is the most deceitful of all things. And if we're not lining our heart up, if we're not lining our heart up with Scripture, that means we're listening to our heart. And oftentimes we act on our heart. I've done that. You've done that. Everybody does that. And we think we're in the right because it feels right. Yeah. But that's where we need to go to Scripture and say, all right, this is what Jesus has said. How do I adjust my heart based on that? And that's hard to do. So we're going to keep jumping into issues like this. We want you to check back in. This is Older, Younger with Dave and Jason.